Fuel your passion and protect your engine with Pennzoil. For a limited time, you can earn a $25 gift card of your choice when you choose Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic. Offer ends 10-31-22. Terms apply. See Pennzoil.com slash rewards for details. And Dirty Filth uh, needs to learn how to mute. Yeah. He's so loud. He's such a loud guy. But we're going to have fun tonight, guys. That's right. Let's see some serious Merlin, guys. Serious Merlin in the chat room. Like, don't mess around here. Get er done. Like, look at Evan. M-E-R-L-E. There he is. Jules is Merlin up. That's right. Get it on going, people. The Duke of Merle. There it is. Remember, the Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Don't forget, if you're new, hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. Ring that bell. And for all of you right now, horns up. Let's rock. Central British Columbia, to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show and our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at YouTube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. we got a power show for you tonight as we're going to get going with Merle and Jared talking some ghosts and hauntings and legends out of the beautiful state of Hawaii. Dirty Filth is here for the cartoons. Later on in the show, in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller is back with another spooky story, along with Tim Senor, the UFO report, and Shirky Poo's got the news. Yes, it's that time of the month once again, where we bring in my main man, Merle, my paranormal extraordinaire friend, high and tight on the hair as always, for Ghosts of the Great White North. This is a monthly feature where we get into everything paranormal and supernatural, and it's what we do around here. Uh, Merle is based out of Vancouver, British Columbia, with the Paranormal Road Trippers, and tonight we're going to head to the Hawaiian Islands, islands that are made off of legends and lore. From the night marchers to UFOs to sea serpents and all the ghosts in between, we have Jared Nagao here who is going to be joining us to talk about all of this. But Merle, we got you on in here first. How you been doing, my friend? I've been doing very well, Dave. Excited to be back on the show. Got the this SOR number two going on with a hair right now. Um, I saw this show is rated M for Merle. I think that should be our next shirt that we work on. That is a fantastic line. That uh, is. That one that did is. it for me. Yeah. I'm very happy with that one. Very happy with that. 
that one. Dial M for Merle. There we go. Dial M. You like this one too. Um, I was in a random small town Boston bar, and I was talking about radio, and I mentioned SOR and the show that you and I do. And this lady goes, got to ask you, why do they call you Merle? And I'm like, no. I don't know. Ask Dave. She She's actually a fan. Yeah. So I had to go into the big, it's my middle name. Dave thinks it's better than Mike. So here I am, Merle. <laughs> you got that right. So she actually knew the show. Yes. Well, that's very nice. That's very nice. Um, they love the ghost stories up in Boston Bar. What can I say? Now, if you've ever been to Boston Bar, literally, it is this tiny little 800-person community, if that. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the mountains, you have a giant rock behind you with some trees that like to burn. Then you have a giant uh, valley that goes straight down into the Fraser River, which isn't friendly. And then on the other side of the Fraser, you have a giant mountain going up the other side with trees that like to burn. It is, yeah. it is, that's all it is. That's all it is. And, uh, and now that's our fans. And now they got SOR fans, which is what we like. Well, thank you for that, mm-hmm. Merle. And thank you for being, once again, halfway to my house and not calling. I appreciate that. I have. I asked you if you want to come on the October investigation. Yeah. I'm still waiting to hear a yes or no. Well, you know, I may be washing my hair that night. I don't know. <laughs> I don't All know. Right. I have a scheduled pedicure coming up, and it may be for that night. I don't know. You haven't even right. told me a date. March 5th or October 15th. I will do my best. Who's our friend Jared here? Jared's awesome. Um, we kind of, kind of been stalking him on, on Instagram for quite some time. Um, the other half of the road trip for Sandra, she's like, you got to check out this guy's podcast. Um, Cause I'm always looking for new ghostly or paranormal podcast to listen to while working. And um, I download his podcast and I'm like, dang, this is good. We need to, Dave and I need to talk to this guy. We got to learn about his haunted apartment. We got to learn about the the sleepwalkers. We got to learn about all the Hawaiian folklore. It's going to be a fast two hours, guaranteed. That is awesome. Jared, welcome to Spaced Out Radio. It is a pleasure to have you here to share some of your paranormal adventures and stories with us. But before we get started, what do you think of all this Merle action in our chat rooms and everybody going Merle crazy? Uh-oh. Oh, I got to unmute him. There yeah, we go. So. There oh. we go. Now I got you. Yeah, I've been seeing that. Uh, I, I watched a couple episodes, and I've been seeing that theme, so I was prepared for it. <laughs> well, you know what? It's a it's a tough gig. You know, imagine me being, you know, right beside the man, the myth, and the Merle legend right there. Right here. It's right there. It's tough, man. It's absolutely tough to do this show, but uh, Jared, thank you seriously uh, for coming on Spaced Out Radio and sharing some stories. You know, you come from a from an area in Hawaii where the islands are very, very uh, beautifully steeped in legends and folklore and and monsters and hauntings and and times of the past and moving forward into the future. It really is a special place. I can tell you I will never go there because the islands are surrounded by sharks, and I know damn well that if I go in that ocean, that's where Megalodon is going to reappear. (laughs) Okay, but but for you, you, 
get involved with the paranormal? Was it something that culturally you grew up with? Yeah, it's ghosts and, you know, the supernatural. It's a huge part of uh, culture growing up in Hawaii. Um, you know, as a child, everybody I knew believed in ghosts, had some type of experience or knew someone that had some type of experience. So I was surprised when I, I moved to the mainland or, or the States for college that more people than not didn't believe in ghosts where it was like pretty much the norm when I grew up. So that's where I kind of realized that people outside of Hawaii didn't really know that there's so much of this, this paranormal um, aspect in, in the Hawaiian culture and in Hawaii's culture. And so just growing up, that's kind of how I, I got into it and slowly started experiencing things here and there or having, you know, like teachers tell me stories that they've experienced. It's just it it's it helps you, you know, buy into it and, and you really start to believe that that this stuff is real. So that's kind of how it, it it started for me. When you were learning these stories as a kid. And, you know, maybe it was mom or dad or grandpa and grandma who would pass down these legends. Did you just accept it as part of the way life was? Or was it something that you were scared of? Did they forewarn you, stay away, don't, you know, don't go into this place after 9 p.m. at night or or what have you? What was that like? That's a good question. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I was kind of, you know, a little afraid, but at the same time, that that excitement you know, when you're, when you're scared, but you're kind of excited and just kind of, you know, it's my parents or my grandparents telling me these stories. And so I, I, I believe that, you know, I just bought, bought into it. And then you hear more and more from friends or neighbors. And, and so you're like, oh, this stuff is really happening around me. So yeah, it's, it was a little of both. Merle, take it away. What was the first story you remember growing up that you were told that you're like, okay, I'm listening. Uh, I would, it was when I was real young, my grandpa told me that um, his mom, and I actually did an episode on this, but uh, this happened in Lahaina on the Island of Maui. Um, His mom. So my great grandma, um, she was washing the dishes uh, in the middle of the day and she got a, a phone call or no, she saw her um her little cousin who was probably about seven or eight years old she heard him crying um behind him like standing outside of the kitchen door and so she stopped washing the dishes she turned around asked him you know what was wrong why are you crying but he just kept on crying and then just kind of walked off and as soon as she went to go look for him to find out what was wrong the telephone rings and so she picks up the phone and it was her neighbor a couple houses down saying that she had to to come over to the house really quick something happened and he wouldn't tell her what it what what it was but you know she hung up the phone she ran you know a couple houses down and when she got there she found out that her cousin the one that she'd seen at the door um, had fallen off of a tree and um, broke his neck or, or got injured and died. And um, it had happened an hour or two before, 
But literally just minutes before that, she saw her cousin, you know, crying at the at the doorstep. And so as a child, I was probably like maybe six or seven hearing that story. And I was kind of creeped out because, you know, it's the house that we would visit when we, we visited our grandparents. And, um, you know, we see that kitchen, we see that door mm-hmm. and it's just kind of, you know, it gave me the chills or chicken skin, as we call it in Hawaii. <laughs> but that was the first story I remember. Um, and it involved family members, you know, so it was, it was pretty creepy. What was your first experience? <clears throat> so it's funny because I had a few, exp- like all throughout childhood, I didn't really see anything. I, I just was told these stories. And then right around the age of, 15 or 16 i had maybe two or three all within you know a year um the first one that i really could not explain at all um i was at a a local church it was a, a japanese um church and a group of us um those high schoolers and parents were helping for a fundraiser um it was kind of late at night And it was like a pancake breakfast. And so we were um, helping prep, get everything ready for the next morning. And um, towards the end of the night, probably around 9 or 10 at night, um, a friend and I decided that we'd sneak off and head to the cemetery. Um, And so we decided to to walk off. And um, there's no electricity. It's probably about a quarter mile down the road no electricity up there. It's just completely dark. Um, so we're walking there talking story and, um, we get to the middle of the the cemetery and it all of a sudden we just start hearing just like very faint, like a, a groan or like a, like a moan. And it slowly started to build and, you know, one voice went to two to three and then eventually it just surrounded us. And it was like 40 or 50 different voices in that kind of a weird, like uh, kind of a sound like you basically like in, like in a horror movie, but Mm -hmm. it surrounded us. You can't really tell where the sound is coming from. And I know for a fact that we were the only two people in that, in that cemetery um, you know, we would have been able to see if anybody else was in that area, but from that point, like we just bolted, ran back down to the, the community center where everybody else was at, but I could not find an explanation on, on what happened, what, you know, where the noises came from. Um, but it was, yeah, that was definitely my first where, I was like, this is unexplainable to me. <laughs> I still try to figure out, you know, what it what it could have been, but that's no like clue. the moaning would that would absolutely creep me out. I think more than seeing an actual ghost, like the sound. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and it was so understated. You know, it wasn't like some crazy like someone trying to be scary. It was just very subtle, and then it just started to build and then surround us. And what were you feeling after that? Were you wanting to, was that kind of like your first 
exposure to I want to keep pursuing, investigating, or learning about that sort of? I mean, I remember we were excited. I was like terrified. But when we got back to the the group of people and we were laughing back under the lights, you know, we were laughing and um, yeah, it really got me. I'm like, there's something going on, you know, there's something else there. And so it definitely kind of sparked my, my interest in what else I could experience. How soon did you have your next experience after your first one? Cause I know, a lot of people seem to once they have their first experience, yeah. Get, the term would be experiencer. I don't know if that's more for UFO aliens or is that like a blanket statement you can use for all aspects of the paranormal? But after that, did you become a paranormal experiencer? Yeah, I mean, it would have been less than probably two or three months after that. Um, and what was interesting was I was with this same girl when i experienced that second incident and so our the high school in our town is rumored to be haunted and we can get into this a little bit later but um there's been stories that a night marcher trail actually goes through the the school and a bunch of other Hmm. stuff um stories have happened but um so because of all these rumors that it's haunted high schoolers used to or they probably still do but would uh sneak onto campus you know in the middle of the night walk around campus to see if they can spot anything scary or hear anything and of course we decided to do that yeah. <laughs> walk we headed over to this is right after i got my my license too so you know you're on your own um we parked uh right outside of our where the pool, the pool for the um, high school is, it's an outdoor pool and it's all gated. So you can't get into it unless you climb the gate, but we parked outside and we're just kind of hanging out um, up against the, the wall of the bathroom changing room area um, on the outside of the, uh, the facility. And we we're talking for probably 15, 20 minutes Um completely pitch black there's no lights or anything um in the in the area and after about you know like that 15 20 minute mark we start to hear from inside of the the restrooms footsteps but they're not it's not like someone just casually walking it was slow dragging footsteps wow just very slow and the the bathrooms were it's I, i'm not sure if all pool pools are like this but like um sometimes park bathrooms where um at the very top of the the wall of the bathroom there's like a one to, one to two foot gap um i think it's to like ventilate but like basically you can hear into the the bathroom Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a full wall. It's just a like a, an opening that goes all the way around the, the bathroom. Um, so you could hear if anyone was inside of the bathroom or if anything, you know, if a faucet turned on, you could hear that. But we heard these footsteps and they were just slow dragging footsteps like. And we heard them from inside the bathroom 
and we heard them slowly get further away from us and then slowly start to head towards us. And we realized that the footsteps were exiting the bathroom, turning the corner, and then heading in the direction that where we were. Hmm. And once we realized that, again, we just booked it to the car, jumped in the car, and that's the first experience where in the movies you see them struggling to, to put the key in the ignition and start the car. That's exactly how I felt. I'm looking in the rearview mirror thinking that I'm going to see you know, a person or somebody there, but I'm like struggling and I, we just book it out of there. But damn. And I, I it gotta, was just completely silent the entire time before so, that. Sorry. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. It sounds like these were the night marchers that were coming through. You know, what is the, if I'm correct, you're not allowed to look at the night marchers. What, what would happen if, if you guys would have seen them? So I don't know if they were the night marchers. Um, so, so basically for, for those that don't know, um, the night marchers are um, like a procession of spirits. So they're lined up, they're march night marchers. <laughs> they're marching um, in a line and they're usually, um, you know, warriors or chiefs. And they're how you know that they're they're night marchers. You usually hear um, drums, drumming and chanting before you even see the night marchers. So um, a lot of times people will see going down the valley, they'll see um, like a line of flames from their torches, and wow. then they'll hear the the drumming from their war drums, um, and so that's. This episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Cashback made easy. If you need to stretch your pennies, Ibotta is here to help. Ibotta has paid $1.2 billion to our users. To start earning, all you have to do is download the free Ibotta app and you'll have access to thousands of offers from retailers like Walmart, Grubhub, and The Home Depot. And now, when you try Ibotta, you'll get $5. Just use referral code SPOTIFY. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Player App Store. Your post-Pilates gear, those funkified running shoes, they could all smell like a new car. Thanks to the MyGM Rewards card, you'll earn four points for every dollar spent on all purchases everywhere and seven total points for every dollar spent with GM. Earn toward a brand new GM ride with every yoga mat and spa treatment. That's the power of appreciation from us to you. Namaste, y'all. Subject to credit approval. Terms and limitations apply. Visit MyGMRewardsCard.com typically related to those night marchers is the drumming the chanting and if you hear that you know the the legend is don't stick around you know leave um sometimes you know i've heard stories where it's too late you hear them and they're basically right next to you and if you the legend is if you look at them it's instant death you instantly die a horrible death um, the way around that or to avoid that is you strip naked, take off all your clothes, lay down um, face first on the ground, and you just start cussing, you just start swearing. And supposedly the night marchers, if they feel embarrassed for you um, because you're naked, they'll, they'll let you go and they won't kill you. 
Um, sometimes if you're if you do have Hawaiian blood and you have an ancestor in the procession, sometimes they'll call out and you know spare their life because it's a relative um, and they'll move on. But um, yeah, so I'm not sure. It it could have been night marchers, but it's it's usually accompanied by those drumming and and the chanting. That would be petrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't I've never heard of night marchers. I, I that's new to me. Um that's more of a Hawaiian folklore legend. Does that apply to the rest of Oh uh, yeah, it's definitely a Hawaiian Hawaiian legend. Yeah. It's okay. a big part of Hawaii's Hawaii's legends and they typically come out in a certain um moon phase and it's always um yeah, it's always associated with death, you know, if you see them. Hmm. That is absolutely awesome. Gentlemen, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to continue the paranormal talk when we return from our break here at the bottom of the hour on Spaced Out Radio. Tilta Merle is here. Merle from the Paranormal Road Trippers for Ghosts of the Great White North. It's our monthly feature where we slip inside the paranormal realm and get all ghostly preparing for next month, which is Halloween. Yes, we all love that. Our good friend Jarrett Nagao is here as well, talking about the hauntings of Hawaii. Yeah, you not don't get excited about that. Wait till you hear some of these stories. Coming up next on Spaced Out Radio. All right, we're clear. Good stuff. Wow. It's a good Fast first half, half hour. hour. Yeah, that went by fast. <laughs> Those night marchers, man, that that's that's extreme. I don't want to even I don't even I want to go to Hawaii now. What if? <laughs> and they're all over. It doesn't matter the island, you know, they're on stories of them are on every island. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Dave, I'll be right back in just a second. I need to finish uh getting out of my work stuff so I can No problem. No problem. You're going to give a little strip tease for us here while you're here? Nope. (laughs) All right. Let's see. What should we change his name to next? Let's see here. Um, Let's go a little patriotic here. You know, a Merle of the Beautiful. <laughs> I like it. Hey, YJ, thank you so much for that awesome super chat. Along with Jake, Jeff, and D. Cohen, Mr. Catfish, thank you as well. Super chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis, so we greatly appreciate it. You guys got to play the game a little bit because every time Merle is on, every half hour, I am changing his name. He doesn't like to admit that, but I do. So if you guys got any catchy ones, uh, bring it on. Dave takes questions at hour number two. Always hour number two. Having fun yet, Jared? Yeah, this, this is fun. This is my only my second interview, so podcast interview, so. It's, it's, I was a little nervous, but 
I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Good. Just relax, chill. It's just us. Yeah. You know, in six radio stations, three <laughs> digital radio stations, you know, YouTube, Twitch, <laughs> Spreaker, Spotify. My hands are sweating more and more each thing you list. <laughs> yeah. I heart. <laughs> hey, it all works. <clears throat> it all works. We do have, if you go to our store, I, I, I think we still have Paranormal T-shirts. Merle Streep, very nice. Very nice. I like that. You know what? I'm going to, well, I'll, I'll try and sneak that one in. Is Merle okay? I think he has to change his panties. There he is. Merle's great. Merle's great. Hey. I had to get out of my work clothes. Hey, I'm Merlica the Beautiful. That's all right. Merlica. <laughs> You've done that one before, man. I know. It, it, it's a strong okay. one, though. Okay. So is it because there's a mayor American flag on my shirt? Is that why? Is that why you did that one? No. Oh, all right. Should I? No. No, you shouldn't. We're gonna talk about your haunted apartment. Cool. Yeah. Next next half hour. That was Wait. a good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, I'm liking the drawing. I do. Um, Dirty filth. Do you still have the drawing from our last ghost of the Great White North? If you do, may I please have it? Of course. Oh, that made my night. That's awesome. I have to go back on mute now. Okay. <laughs> That's our dirty filth right there. A man of many words. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Where do you want to take it? Uh, I want to talk about... Oh, go ahead, Dave. You go wherever you want, Merle the Pearly. And uh, wait, wait. I stopped because you were talking. We always do this once a show. <laughs> we trip on each other. Then Dave goes, yeah. ah, blah, 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 blah. You go. All right, we got 25 seconds, guys. 25 seconds. Uh, thank you to everybody who's given us a thumbs up so far. Everybody who's tuning on in, don't forget, thumbs up really helps us or thumbs down and comments after the show really help us grow our channel. So if you don't mind, do that. Hit that subscribe button as well. Let us rock and roll in Las Vegas, May 19th to 21st. Merle will be there. And here I'll we go there. with the next half hour. Space Down Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate spending the night with you. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, 
Check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We got our man, Amerlica the Beautiful, Big Bad Merle from the Paranormal Road Trippers, hanging on out on Ghosts of the Great White North as we do it all again once a month with Merle talking everything ghostly and paranormal tonight. Jason Nagao joins us from his home in Oregon and formerly of Hawaii, where he's written and talked and investigated a lot of the legends and lore around the Hawaiian Islands. Merle, Jared, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Now, Jared, Jared. when we go into Hawaii and we see literally thousands of years of legends that it doesn't matter who you know, is there. It doesn't matter how long you, you live in Hawaii. You really get engrossed into the culture of the paranormal there. What are some of the, the real legends? We've talked a little bit about the night marchers, but what are some of the real legends out there that people are maybe totally afraid of? Well, the the one that just jumps to mind, because um, it, it does involve a lot of tourists or visitors coming to the islands, is Pele's curse. So Pele is the goddess of fire, uh, volcanoes. And, you know, a lot of people who visit Hawaii, they want to see lava, they want to see the volcanoes. And a lot of times, you know, when they visit, they want to take some souvenirs home. So they'll take, you know, a lava rock or some sand, um, some pebbles with, crystals in it or, or anything they want to take it home with them and um, basically Pele's curse is you know when they someone takes you know rock or sand or or anything from the islands and takes it away from the uh, takes it away from the islands um, bad stuff starts to happen um, you know whether it's illnesses or you know businesses failing or family members dying like it just seems like bad luck is just unleashed on on these people and you know the the story goes around and people hear it and a lot of times they just disregard it they leave and the stuff starts to happen and the um, visitor centers at at the um, you know tourist spots they always have uh, packages or envelopes returned of lava rocks or sand or pebbles with letters written saying, I didn't believe it, but after I left, you know, my dog died or my business failed or, you know, just a whole bunch of horrible things that have happened. And I'm totally a believer now type of thing. And so like the volcano, um, um, national park, if you go there, there's stories of them getting all of these packages of returned lava rocks. Um, and so that's, that's one of the most popular legends that people hear, people know of, and especially tourists here. Um, some people say that the park rangers made that up. 
um, because people were taking stuff onto the buses for tours and leaving it and leave. It was just like a, a mess and they would always have to clean up all these rocks. Um, but most people believe that it, there really is a curse. That almost sounds kind of like what we hear in Florida with Robert the doll, where you're supposed to ask permission to take his, his photo. And if you don't, then he will curse you as well. And there's been families split up, people dying with getting diseases, uh, the dogs dying, car accidents, getting fired from your job or whatever it may be. I mean, we it's almost like the exact same type of thing. Yeah, it here. sounds like it. I was just going to say that, too. It's exactly like Robert the Doll. Because um, even in the Robert the Doll case, they have a whole pile of envelopes and, and letters written to say sorry for taking his photo. And And I couldn't, yeah. That would be scary to have that happen. You blame anything that happens on that lava rock from a yep. flat tire to a stub toe. It was the rock. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, how many people, though? I mean, look, we, we don't know. We could sit here and laugh at it, though, Merle. But how many people, though, have truly experienced that? I mean, you've experienced something similar with Mandy the Haunted Doll up north in Quinell, British Columbia but nothing to the extent of Robert the doll or anything like that. I mean, how much of it, uh, Jared, do you think is actually legend comparatively to an actual, uh, you know, upsetting of a spirit? Mm. Ooh, that's tough to say. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've always, you know, I was raised to believe that the curse is real and that, you know, it is because you're angering the goddess Pele. And so I believe that, you know, there is something supernatural happening when you take, you know, this organic material away from, from the islands. And, you know, I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's really tough for me to, to, to answer that, but I do think that it, it is something supernatural. You're almost taking pieces of the pie or the energy away from the island. Yeah. And perhaps the island or the goddess doesn't appreciate that. So she'll do whatever it takes to get that piece of her brought back to the island. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I would not take anything. <laughs> you wouldn't take that it's... chance, Merle? Uh, no, I ever since like Mandy the doll, um, I got so much respect for for haunted objects cursed objects or situations like that with the folklore i believe it i respect it i wouldn't want to play with it i maybe encourage someone else to do it so i can see no, <laughs> but um no i i believe in that stuff wholeheartedly in hawaii we hear a lot about the the you know the ghosts and the legends that are on there but there's also been a number of UFO sightings over the years. There was a famous one earlier this year that was caught on film of a of a blue rod, shall we say, that was hovering over the city and then launched itself right down into the ocean. And I, I absolutely love that one. That's one of my favorites. However, there's also a lot of talk of cryptid-type monsters on the islands as well. Have you ever investigated the idea that there's supposedly raptors still living in the, on top of the mountains and in volcanoes or some of the other types of cryptids that are 
marching around. I have heard a few stories, um, you know, of giant, you know, giant birds. I've heard stories of, I mean, it's funny, it's not really a cryptid, but um, just this past week, there's been a lot of um, talk about uh, big cats like a cougar or puma um, walking around in the streets, just the town over from where I grew up at. And on surveillance camera um, for a, a motel right across the street, they have video of this large, it looks like a large cat um, just kind of strolling down the street. And, you know, of course, Hawaii doesn't have cougars or any any big cats, but it's not the first um, sighting of large cats. There's uh, been sightings on Maui in the in the valleys of a large cat. They brought in a, a big cat expert and saw he saw the tracks and you know wow. fur that was caught up on the uh fence and stuff and um so it's not it's not rare that um you know these animals that aren't supposed to be in Hawaii that never we never had them in Hawaii are suddenly being seen um so not really a cryptid but still you know pretty scary <laughs> do you think do you think it could be a form of a cryptid like how we have bigfoot in british columbia could it be a feline version of that it could be it could be i don't know any yeah yeah i don't know any um hawaiian legends that involve cats um like large cats we do have you know there's a demigod um kamapua'a that's half man half pig um but he's you know a demigod i wouldn't necessarily classify him as a cryptid um but you know, there's a lot of the the creature type of sightings or stories usually involve gods or demigods in Hawaiian lore. Um, there's the Menehune, who are dwarf people. They're, you know, about a foot tall. Um, that's a big part of Hawaiian legends. And I don't I guess they could be a cryptid because there's, you know, there's a lot of stories of them. Um, you know, they're about two feet tall. They only come out at night and they're master craftsmen or master builders. So they, you know, they can build these um, bridges and, um, you know, structures overnight and they're just masterfully built. Um, you know, there's stories of when the first, Polynesians came to Hawaii. Um, they came and they landed, and they saw that the land was already already had um, villages. These tiny villages um, already built, and all these structures all on the beach, but they were tiny. They were you know for people that were two feet, hmm. but no, they didn't see anybody because the legend is they only come out at night. Um. So I guess that, you know that could kind of be uh, considered a cryptid, <laughs> um, and then we have stuff like giant squids. You know, there's here we go. Uh, Megalodon's story... next. Sorry, Megalodon is next. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard of a story. I think it was in like the mid seventies, um, but a fisherman was. Um, I think it must have been 
off of Maui, but he saw a giant, a giant squid. I think it was like 60 foot, 60 feet long. And like the eyeballs were the size of dinner plates. And um, it was way bigger than his boat. And it uh, just swam back down under, under the water. And this is before we actually started seeing videos of, you know, giant squid um, in the deep and stuff. So, um, yeah. Funny, and then, uh, funny story about that is um, my uncle is a retired, um, he used to be stationed on submarines. He was a reti- he's a retired officer. And um, his job was sonar. So he, he was by one of the, the windows in the sub or, um, and apparently that's what he saw was a giant squid. The Chase Freedom Flex World Elite MasterCard puts you right in the middle of where you want to be. Whether you're jumping on a jet or hopping on a train, you'll earn 5% cash back on travel purchased through Chase Ultimate Rewards. Plus earn unlimited cash back all year long on things you buy every day. You're always earning 3% cash back on dining, 3% cash back at drugstores, and 1% cash back on all other purchases with the Freedom Flex MasterCard. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank N.A., member FDIC. Have plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with Orca coolers and drinkware. Orca coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class temperature retention. Orca's premium drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours. Their tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to orcacoolers.com and use promo code SUMMER for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com, promo code SUMMER. With dinner plate eyes, that's how he described it too. That's and I think cool. I think they were going through the Panama area. They're going. They went through the canal there and were coming back up to the Nova Scotia side. And he said um, that would never forget it. That was the scariest thing he'd ever seen because you're in a tin can, yeah, way below <sighs> in the water. And he's like, it was huge. It could have like wrapped around it. So. That folklore is cool. Terrifying. Would that be a kraken, technically, though? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Dave? Yeah. You know what? I, I don't know. But I also know that there was a United States submarine. I was just starting to look this up. U.S. sub attacked by squid, where literally they were pulling... Uh, how could you put it? They they were pulling because uh, squid actually have like like claws on on their tentacles, and they were pulling these claws or teeth or whatever it was out of the side of the submarine. Wow, yeah, they got to be down there. They have to. Oh yeah, well, we, I believe it. We're naive to think that we don't know everything that's in the ocean or in our forests. Like we don't we don't know. Yeah. So Megalodon is there, Dave. He's waiting for you. Yeah, no, no, not going there. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know? Absolutely not. What's Def- your name next hour? Megalodave. Megalodave, yes. Megalodave. <laughs> Thanks to Merlica the Beautiful. But, yeah. uh, but let's continue on here, Jared, because, you know, the idea that there are still... And this one fascinates me, the idea that there are still little raptors running around the mountains. I I could see the cats. 
like you, earlier you were talking about the cats, you know, and big, you know, maybe a tiger or mountain lion. Look, there's a lot of rich people who feel that, you know, they want a black panther or they want a, uh, a cheetah or a, uh, a tiger as a pet. And, you know, maybe the guy loses his money or the animal escapes. I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. in, and in a tropical area with a tropical type of animal, like a cat that, you know, a lot of the bigger cats are in tropical or desert areas like Africa or, or India or Thailand, I could see it surviving very well there. But that being said, when you go into things like people encountering little raptor-type dinosaurs. I mean, did you ever follow up on any stories about that? I, have, I haven't I have heard a lot of a lot of stories of, of raptors, um, but that would be terrifying. <laughs> Just to be on a hike and come ac- coming across a group of raptors. No. It's pretty new. Yeah. We, do, there, we do have... Um, wallabies <laughs> wallabies are wild on, on oahu but not as terrifying as raptors i did not know those were wild on oahu okay yeah. what about ghost ships ghost ships i'm trying to think of if i've heard any stories not I don't think I, I know any personally of ghost ship ghost ships. Um no. hmm. Merle, take it away. But the sleepwalkers, you can talk about them. The sleepwalker. Oh like my uh my oh yeah, so um yeah. A, a pretty well known um story that's been kind of passed around for a few decades um there's this family that moved into a a new house and the child you know about four years old um started to to sleepwalk so in the middle of the night he'd wake up and would uh leave his room and um would kind of walk around the the living room and he always had his hand uh raised up uh, just one hand raised up in front of him um, as he walked and his parents kind of laughed it off thought it was weird but you know just thought it was a phase but each night um, the child would wake up and walk with his hand raised and walk around the room and slowly it progressed to the child um, walking to the front door and just standing in front of the front door with his hand raised and the parents were kind of thinking, that's a little weird. Um, You know, what happens if he accidentally opens the door and we're sleeping and he gets outside and he's sleepwalking. Um, So they try to do something, you know, they, they lock his, his room and, um, but still he continues to sleepwalk. Um, But the next few nights he starts violently walking into the door with it still with his hand raised, but the front door, he just steps back, walks forward and slams into the door and kept on happening. And so they finally decided to call a kahuna um, or like a, a priest to 
bless the home, um, which is something that um, a lot of housewarming parties, that's a big part of it. They'll bring in uh, kahuna to bless the home. And, you know, if negative spirits or negative energies are, are in a home, they'll, they'll often do that as well. And so they brought in this kahuna and um, he, he blessed the home with salt water and, and tea leaves and stuff. And, but he felt something, you know, an energy below the house. And so when they went under the, um, under the home to check it out, they found bones, um, like a, a, an ancient burial underneath hmm. the home. And where they found the actual, where the bones were located on the floor plan, um, it was directly below the child's bed. So below his bedroom and directly um, below where the child was sleeping. And so they um, took out the bones and, you know, they had someone inspect it and it was uh, an ancient burial. And so they, you know, properly disposed of the bones, buried it someplace else. Um, but the, the kahuna said that the, the, the reason why the child had his hand raised was the spirit of the bones was leading the child by the hand and taking him, trying to take him outside because the, the spirit felt disrespected that this home was built over his grave. And who knows what kind of what intentions, what his intentions were, but um, it always just kind of scared me that this child is being led by a spirit by the hand um, trying to take him outside. And that's just one of those well-known um, stories that, that I grew up hearing. Um, and it's very common, you know, these, um, a big part of ancient Hawaiian culture was to hide um, where uh, someone's remains were buried um, because a big fear was uh, like grave robbery or, or, or another person stealing bones for, for their, for the spiritual power, um, mm. which is called mana. So bones have mana. And if someone were to steal the bones of someone who's, who, who were deceased, um, they would gain that mana. So it's very important to hide the bones uh, hide the remains, especially for chief or for kings um, or for royalty. So that's why still to, to this day, when there's construction going on, a lot of times people will find ancient burials, um, you know, pretty much anywhere. <laughs> that's so interesting. Like, you know, everywhere. Could be everywhere. There. <laughs> yeah. There's a, they actually have a law put in place um where if any developer or any construction um, during construction, if they come across bones, they have to immediately halt all construction so they can have uh, the proper people inspect the bones and um, respectfully, um, you know, whatever they do, whether it's uh, transferring it to another location or, or what, but um, before, you know, several decades ago, they didn't have that law. And so bones were not properly <laughs> removed. A lot of times they just chuck the bones or um, I've even heard stories of them tossing the bones into um, cement mixers and 
using it as foundation. Um, there's a lot of disrespect with with wow. Hawaiian uh, remains, and which is why there's so many of the older hotels in Hawaii have stories of of it being haunted. A ton of hotels have stories of it being haunted because of improper um, treatment of of these burials. Gentlemen, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because hard to believe we're already through one hour. And I love GFG's comment. says, this man is single-handedly destroying Hawaiian tourism with his spooky (laughs) stories. That's Jared Nagao. We got Merle from the Paranormal Road Trippers. And when we return, we'll take some audience questions. We will get more into Jared's own haunted house. We'll be back with Merle and Ghost of the Great White North. For hour number two next on Space Down Radio. <laughs> Fantastic show so far, guys. Having fun. Next hour, 10 o'clock, <coughs> we're going to go straight into um, the haunted stories, man. Right Let's back, just get there. And then to appease Dave, we will do uh, the UFO stuff at cool. uh, 1030. He'll be all over that. So, yeah, no, it's a fun show, man. Uh, I like the Sleepwalker story. Like, that's that's a good one. Yeah, I grew up, um, they, they even did a, like, a little TV special back in, like, the late 90s. And that was one of the stories that they they featured. And it always stuck with me seeing that kid, you know, with his hand raised. Um, another one was the faceless woman. That always oh. terrified me. Just the idea of this woman with no face but oh let's save that one that's what we can start with the faceless woman that's terrifying now do you do you paranormal investigate i have i mean i've always wanted to to Mm -hmm. join but you know i've i i've never really not really you know i the closest i got was going on a couple haunted tours you know like in seattle the the underground Mm -hmm. tour but i've never done a uh like a proper, you know, investigation. Um, but I watch, you know, all the shows and stuff and I'm super into it. Did you ever um, go do the, was it the Spooked in Seattle tour you did? Uh, I'm not sure what it was called, but it was, uh, it was like a, a bar hop tour where oh, we cool. went to different haunted bars and then went under, you know, to see the underground Seattle and, um checked out some old some bars that were former brothels and where people got murdered there and stuff like that but i don't remember the name yeah because um our david and i's friend ross who does he owns spooked in seattle he's uh okay he's a long time guest on this show with uh talking about haunted washington and all that stuff he he runs those tours and they're amazing okay gotta check that that out yeah and he has a haunted museum too or Death Museum, he calls it. It's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, I love all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But that's really interesting about the... So is that Hawaiian culture from the old times where they would hide like the, yeah. the graves? Yeah. Yeah, so it's all the way to like King Kamehameha, like the chief, you know, all, any, all royalty, that's what they did was hide bones. Um, but even just normal people you know they so there's various ways that they they 
dealt with the the remains. They hit them in caves. They buried them in the sand. They st- you know stacked rocks on them. There's all different types of of disposal methods that they used, but typically it's it's all done in secret, all done in a, in the middle of the night. Um, <clears throat> for like kings and that type of royalty, they even had you know like a couple people trusted people who on- they only they knew where the the burial would be. They would take the the remains to the cave, and they would be sealed in the cave with the bones and basically they're giving their life to, to die with that secret. So there's, there's a lot of stories of, you know, of people coming across um, these burial caves with, with people inside of them, like deceased, you know, bones right at the, uh, at the mouth of the cave, but it's because they were, they were buried in there with the, the remains. Wow. And there's probably still so many. So many. There. Yeah. My uncle told me like when he was a, like a teenager, um, one of his friends took him, they were surfing and they paddled out. You can only access the cave by paddling and then climbing up this small little cliffside, And then deep inside of the, what was a cave. And they saw, he saw the bones and everything just laying, laying out and, some wow. spears and you know some weapons and stuff, but that'd know. be kind of kind of cool to see, but kind of like WTF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm all, I'm really interested in the death march, the death, the walkers, uh, what, what night marchers, night marchers. Yeah. Now, have you ever talked to anyone who's experienced it? Yeah, so um, it's uh, my Hawaiian history teacher in high school actually told us a story, and he's the one that told us that uh, Night Marcher Path went through the school because um, he was working late one night, and he said that you know he parked his car on campus, uh, I mean right outside of the building, which wasn't really a parking spot, and when he was leaving, the car his car wouldn't start; it was just completely dead. Um, and then he started hearing drums and chanting and he already knew what it was. He, he was inside of his car. So he like ducked down and just hit his face and thought he was going to die. And he felt the car push sideways against the wheel. Um, about six inches, it got pushed sideways against the wheel and then the drumming faded and oh, wow. his car started up again. Wow. So, and Not close. <laughs> yeah. And it's our teacher telling us this. And so we're like, all right, gents, I, mean, I hate to cut yeah. this off, but we're going to get going in about 10 seconds. Thank you to Scrub a Dub Dub, D Cohen, Jeff, Jake, YJ, and Catfish for the super chats. Very much appreciate it. Here we go with hour number two, everyone. Stay tuned. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears. 
wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. <coughs> Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Ejectamenta. Ejectamenta is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. We have Ghosts of the Great White North. Our main man, Merle, is back from the Paranormal Road Trippers based out of Vancouver, British Columbia. And we talk a lot about paranormal and supernatural events on this show once a month with our main man, Duke of Merle. And joining us tonight is paranormal investigator Jared Nagao. And we're learning a lot about Hawaii and a lot of the hauntings there. But we're going to take a little bit of a detour here as we bring Jared and Merle back in. Gentlemen, you know, Jared, you live in a haunted house. You've had a lot of experiences happening in your own home. You don't have to travel that far. Tell us everything. Well, this was, um, I don't currently live in the in the house, um, but it was an apartment that I, I rented out. Um, and, you know, within the first couple of months, um, my roommate and I started kind of looking at each other like, there's something going on in this, in, in this apartment. Um, the first thing that kind of <clears throat> were, it was multiple people that, that witnessed it. Um, I was sitting on the couch. Um, it was just getting dark. And I, a friend was over. We're watching a movie. Um, and we see someone come out from the the hallway, turn the corner, and walk into our kitchen. And you know, my roommate was home. She was in her in her room studying. And so we're watching the movie. We see this person leave, walk into the kitchen. Then a couple minutes later, my roommate comes out of her room and does walks around the corner straight to the kitchen in the exact same path. And we look at each other, my, my friend and I look at each other and we're like, didn't she just walk into the kitchen? And so we're thinking, oh, she must have a friend over. But, you know, we asked her like, do you have someone over? She's like, no, I was sleeping. I just, I was studying. I just woke up after taking a nap and came to get something to eat. And no one left the kitchen, you know, and there's no exit or no doors or anything. And so my friend and I were just like, we kind of verified with each other what we saw. We both saw the exact same thing. Someone leaving the hallway and walking into the kitchen. And we just could not figure out. We're like, all right, we both know we saw the same thing. My roommate thought that we were, we were tripping, 
Have plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with Orca coolers and drinkware. Orca coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class temperature retention. Orca's premium drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours. Their tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to orcacoolers.com and use promo code SUMMER for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com, promo code SUMMER. Listen, if you're tired of looking at your stock market portfolio, today, make a change. I'm Dutch Mendenhall, CEO and co-founder of RadDiversified.com, where your investments make money, build a legacy, and we protect America. Join our diverse real estate portfolio today, where our share value has more than doubled in less than three years and 11 straight profitable quarters. We continue to deliver day after day. Come see what makes us rad at RadDiversified.com. That's RadDiversified.com. Come see us. But we just kind of made note of it, and that was that. And then I would say about a month later, we're having a a small get together, get together, basically a, a party. And there was, you know, a ton of people dancing, you know, in the living room and it was a pretty big party. And um, there was like a DJ and everything and um, big party, big party. <laughs> I went into to my bedroom and um, a couple minutes later, one of my friends came in and she's like, there's an old lady in, in the in your party, and I was like, "What?" She's like, "Yeah, there's an old lady here," and so uh, I, I'm thinking like, "Oh, it's it's the cops or it's you know someone someone's not supposed to be here," and she's like, "Yeah, someone this lady walked from the kitchen, just walked straight through the the crowd of people that were dancing, didn't look at anyone. She was just deadpan, just walking, and." turn the corner and walk straight to the bathroom. And so I was like, what the heck? so I leave the bath or I leave my bedroom and no one's in the bathroom. Look around in the living room. No. I mean, there's a lot of people, but no old lady and couldn't figure out what it was. Like maybe it was just someone who crashed the party, you know? Um, and we just left it at that. And, um, Right around that time, I'll just go into it. <laughs> right around that time, I uh, anytime I was taking a nap, like on the couch, or I was sleeping in, in in my room, just randomly, I would feel like someone walked up to me and slapped me in the middle of my forehead, <laughs> just like a like a not like a hard slap, but just someone would like wait up. Right on my forehead, yeah. And it would jolt me awake. And it would just happen randomly. Like, sometimes in the daytime, sometimes in the middle of the night. And I didn't know what it was. I was like, maybe it's my body just waking myself up. But one night, I was sleeping in my room. And I woke up. And I was sweating. I was cold. And... I, f- I didn't feel like I had a nightmare. I didn't feel like someone slapped me like usual, but I just woke up and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And when I turned, um, so I had a bed pushed up against the wall and a, a futon up against my bed, kind of in an L shape. And I swear, I swear there was a person 
sitting on the edge of the futon, um, just sitting there, not staring at me, not looking at me. It was a, she had long, like long black hair and she was just sitting casually um, with her right side kind of facing me. And so she was kind of facing the wall that my feet were, were pointed at. And, you know, when you think of stuff like this happening, you're like, I'm like, oh, I'd jump up and see, like, who, who are you? You know, see what's going on. But in that moment, I was so frightened, so scared. I just froze. I, you know, I was looking. I saw that person. I flipped and faced my back. Um, I faced the wall with my back to that to that apparition. And all I remember hearing was like a raspy, like someone trying to catch their breath almost like a, like someone struggling to breathe. So it was kind of like a, ew, but just slowly, you know, it was, it was just slow, deep breaths. And I, um, I turned around just to look again and that person was no longer on the farthest edge of the futon, but they were now closest to like the closer edge of the futon, like up against my bed, still not looking at me, still just looking straight up against the wall, but I could still hear that breathing. And so from there, I, again, didn't run out like I, I should have, you know, I didn't turn on the lights or anything, but I just turned back around, covered my ears yep. and just, stay there and i somehow fell asleep again um when i woke up the next morning i immediately turned around and nothing was there but you know you watch you watch scary movies and you're like what are you doing you know run out of the house or you know why didn't you do this and to this day i can't figure out why i didn't do any of the logical things you know i I literally cowered frozen in terror yeah up against the wall and I didn't move you know and um and so yeah that was that was another instance and finally um around this same time um I had met a couple of people that um supposedly could interact with spirits, you know, they were sensitive to spirits and they could, you know, basically see spirits. <laughs> and so I, um, I asked one of them to, to come over to check out the apartment and let me know what they thought. I didn't tell her anything about what we experienced. Um, I didn't tell her about any of the previous stories or anything. Um, I just wanted to see what kind of vibe she got. And so she came over one night and um, immediately when she walked through the door, I could tell like she stepped in and I could tell like she Uh-oh. felt something, you know, it was, she was just casual and she walked in and it was kind of like a, oh, and um, she immediately like, instead of walking into the living room to the right she immediately walked straight to the bathroom 
which was kind of straight down the hallway and there was the restroom there and she just went straight to the bathroom and i was like that's weird normally you would walk into the living room you know walk into the main area of the the apartment but immediately she's like there's some kind of portal or doorway here and she was referencing basically the bathroom door interesting yeah and i was like what are, what are you talking about? And she's like, there's a doorway here into I don't, the spirit world or into this other area. And that's where these things are coming from. You know, these apparitions are coming from. And so I was like, that kind of makes sense because all of the experiences were random. Like, I like my friend and I both saw that person walk into the kitchen. Um, that old lady that we saw at the party or that my friend saw at the party, the person that I saw in my bedroom, these were all different, completely unrelated. They weren't the same apparition. And so in my mind, I'm like, it kind of makes sense if there's like a doorway that random things can enter in enter and leave wow and she, she said that yeah there's just a doorway there and these things can come and go as they please some are messing with you you know some are doing it out of entertainment some don't even know that they're they're coming and going they have no clue why they're there and um and who knows there might be other things and so i asked her i was like what what, what can we do and she's like, I don't know. I, I don't do this stuff. You know, I'm, she literally said, I'm a hospitality major. <laughs> um, she had no clue, but she's, she can see these types of things and she can feel these type of th- types of things, but she didn't know what to do. And so we're like, we didn't experience anything that felt evil or that felt like it wanted to harm us. That's still petrifying. Yeah, it was still terrifying. I was still terrified. But we had maybe two, two and a half months left of our lease. We couldn't really afford to break our lease. So we're like, what can we do? <clears throat> and I mean, nothing really happened. I mean, I would still get slapped in the forehead and, you know, we would hear things, you know, sometimes we'll hear footsteps, Um We had poker chips get knocked off our table once, but nothing really evil or or anything like that. And we moved out. Um, Someone else took over the apartment. I didn't mention anything, (laughs) any stories to them. Uh, I have no clue what happened after, you know, to the tenants after that. Um, But I ended that episode with, you know, I, I never forget that apartment and that time in my life because yeah, it was traumatizing in time at times, but still to this day, randomly, like maybe every six months or every four months, I'll feel that slap in the middle of my forehead, waking me up. And I never had that happen before that apartment. 
but I still, every once in a while, it, it happens. And it's just a, like a slight, like a little kid is messing with you when you're, when you're taking a nap kind of a thing. I hate but, to, I hate to put it this way, but what's it like being lack of a better term, physically assaulted by a ghost? Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess in the moment it's just, it's so shocking. You know, I'm like, did I just jolt myself awake? But it's a literal, you know, I, it's a literal slap. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird feeling. <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah. I can't explain it. You know, I can't explain it at all. But there was another story. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go for I was going to say if it was more aggressive or if it was more threatening, you know, I might be a little concerned, but it's, it's, it's just kind of almost playful in a way. And it's just, it's just so random. It's just every, you know, few months and I haven't had to happen for probably over six months now, but I'll let you guys know if I do. <laughs> think someone could have followed you. I don't know. I I don't want to think of it that way. You know, I don't want to think of something latching onto me or anything like that, but going to have a DM tomorrow morning. Yeah. <laughs> it happened again. It happened. <laughs> but you were telling a story when we were on our break that I said to to hold off till we're back on the faceless woman. Oh that yeah. That sounds terrifying. So that's a pretty um well-known story for for locals in Hawaii, the faceless woman. Um she used to haunt, I guess. Um, a popular drive-in theater on Oahu. So there was this drive-in theater. Um, it's no longer there. It's It's been demolished. But the story was um, women would go into the, the restroom of the, the movie theater and they would hear someone crying, you know, in the bathroom stall. And they would go and check to see, you know, if this person's okay. And they would see this woman crouched over crying, you know, her, her, ha- her face in her hands, just kind of sobbing. And they would try- check on her, see if everything's all right, you know, what's wrong. And she would slowly lower her hands and look at you. And where her face was, was just a blank, gap of it was just smooth skin like porcelain skin so no any features it's just just blank porcelain skin and just the thought of that always frightened me because you know her hair is blocking her face and she just slowly looks at you and she doesn't have a face and the women would bolt out of the the restrooms um and so it the the drive-in theater was demolished and now like homes and a mall like a shopping center was built there and stories continued of sightings in the the restroom of the the shopping mall so women would see sometimes you know a woman crying in the bathroom or sometimes a woman would be standing in front of the 
the sink in front of the mirror, like combing her hair. And then when she stops and looks at, at the person, it's the faceless woman. Wow. And a lot of the origins from that, um, they say that, so in Hawaii, um, the picture picture brides or like mail order brides, it was popular in the, the late 1800s because um, there was a lot of plantation workers, you know, working the sugar, can, sugar cane and pineapple plantations. And so these workers would drink and gamble and the plantation owners thought a good way to to kind of calm them down was, you know, if they had a wife and a family, they would stop drinking so much and they would, you know, focus more on work so they could get money for their family. So they encouraged um, and even set up these picture brides, um, mostly from Japan. And so the plantation workers would send a picture over to these potential brides and the brides would send pictures over back. And it was like a mail order bride system. And a lot of times these men, lonely men, um, would basically catfish these women. So they would get a picture from a younger friend or use a picture of them from 20 years ago and send that over, send love letters. And so when the women were coming over thinking that they're meeting this young worker or young, you know, young attractive guy. And really it's a different person. They're basically catfished. So like an old school catfish. And the story goes, one of these picture brides came over and that happened, you know, she was, she was catfished and she sees this old drunk who she's now she she now has to marry and a lot of times you know they're taking ships to get over here it's it's a long journey sometimes their family doesn't they don't even know what's going on and so it's not like she can just up and fly back to japan and so she's stuck there and a lot of women just dealt with it and were like okay you know this is my life now but this woman supposedly cussed out her her new husband and um like why'd you lie to me and all of that and um that night he got drunk and beat her to death and smashed her face in and everything and disposed of her body and her body wasn't found for several weeks but when the cops did find her body rats and mongoose had eaten away her face and so there wasn't anything left of her face and supposedly that's why the the apparition that is seen doesn't have a face because she was beaten and and her face was eaten away um and now she haunts that area that that it happened no kidding wow gentlemen i'm gonna get you to hold on right there because this show is flying on by and of course we do uh, want to get some audience questions as well waiting for them to come on in in the YouTube chat. And you know what? Haunting stories all night long as we start to warm up to the eve of Halloween coming on up here very, very shortly on Ghosts of the Great White North. Our main man, Merle, from the Paranormal Road Trippers in Vancouver, British Columbia, is with us, as he is every month, to talk about 
all sorts of spookiness going on around the world tonight. Jared Nagao is our guest. He's hanging on out, telling us some of his spooky encounters, legends, lore from Hawaii right to the mainland. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. We got more coming at you. All right, gents, we're clear. Awesome. Fun times so far. Fun times. I'll be right back, Dave. All right, Merle. One moment. You having fun, Jared? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. Where dirty filth go? I'm I'm waiting for you to put a close up here, Dave. Oh. Give it up, whiskey. Oh jeez, damn cats! All right, there you go, dirty. Look, it's the spooky pals. It's the poltergeist, the shadow person, and the classic ghost, and they all hang out together. Oh, very nice. Oh, good God, very nice. Love it. Very nice. What kind of shenanigans will they get up to? We'll have to find out tomorrow. (laughs) (coughs) I like it. Well, that's nice. Dave, you got to make... Thanks. Um, I was going to say, you got to make sure to get Merle's mailing address so I can send him that drawing. They can send it to you. He can, Merle's a big boy. He can, he can take care of it for you. Yeah, I guess he can. Hmm. So, Dave, you've never been to Hawaii yet? No, too many sharks. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I think just last week. There was a shark attack. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen often, but close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Growing up, um, there was almost I, I never heard of. Have plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with Orca coolers and drinkware. Orca coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class temperature retention. Orca's premium drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours. Their tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to orcacoolers.com and use promo code SUMMER for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com, promo code SUMMER. Invest in real estate without the stress of being a property manager today. My name is Dutch Menenhall, CEO and co-founder at RadDiversified.com. We specialize in finding, buying, rehabbing, and managing real estate nationwide. I know your investments will make money, build a legacy, and protect America. While the stock market has been crashing and going up and down, our share price has more than doubled in less than three years. Come see what makes us rad at RadDiversified.com. Invest without stress at RadDiversified.com now. Great whites being seen in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And I the last 10 years, there's been more and more great white sightings mm-hmm. in the area. I don't know what it is. 
Yep. No clue. <sighs> Excuse me. <clears throat> yep. Don't eat it. Do not need it. <laughs> Let's see here. Dirty filth. I want that one too, please. I love your drawings a lot. Holy Merle, you're starting to ask for a lot here, buddy. Hey, I got a. Fr- I want to frame both of them. I want to put them in my little spook corner. I got like a spooky corner okay. of haunted and creepy artifacts, and they would fit in perfectly. Especially this one. I like this one. I've seen the same ghost twice. That counts. But... <laughs> These aren't haunted, though. No, but they will. They will. They're good accents to the haunted stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, just message me. I'll send you the stuff. Sweet, thank you. Send him a message with your address in capital letters. He only does capital letters. <laughs> I'll do capital letters. Thanks for noticing that, Dave. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Dave. Are we going to the UFO land? We can, go, where, we can go wherever you want. There, Merly Bird, get some worm. <clears throat> we got to keep Dave happy. He's the you, you, UFOs, Hawaii. They happen, don't they? A couple here and there. Yeah. All right. That's what we'll There's do. a bunch of stories from the seventies and all the way up to now. I'll listen. It'll be good. But yeah, it's been a fun show. I did, this one is flying. Yeah, I was surprised how how fast <laughs> it it's been going. It happens. It happens. We blame Merle for it. <laughs> I was almost starting to think you were going into that old hag with like that lady in your bedroom. Oh, because <laughs> I've had an old hag experience too, and it's terrifying, like seeing a person in your room like that. It but could, you, I mean, it could have been. I I don't know what I could have. She just I, didn't sit on top of you. <laughs> yeah, no. Because that's that's a common. We call it uh, like a pressing ghost or a choking ghost. Yeah. Um. I've had a few I friends that have that. stories on that too, don't yeah. you? Dave, yeah. we got to have this guy back. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I, hey guys, I want to take a quick moment here to say thank you to Scrub a Dub Dub, Catfish, YJ, Jake, Jeff, and D Cohen for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support. Uh, let's try and get to at least one hundred thumbs up tonight, if you don't mind. Here we go. past the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, 
and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the Duke of Merle. Merle's here from the Paranormal Road Trippers out of Vancouver, B.C. for Ghosts of the Great White North. He always co-hosts with me. We have a good time talking spirits, legends, and lore. Tonight, we've been all over Hawaii with our guest, Jared Nagao. Guys, welcome back. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Where do you want to go with this one, Merle? Above Hawaii. Above Hawaii. To the UFO lands. I like it. Merle's a big UFO guy. Even though he's seen them, he's in denial. He's in denial of their existence. Yeah, there's um, there's been a quite a few. I mean, especially the past couple of years, um, like Dave, you were saying that blue oblong light that was flying over. Um, there's a bunch of videos out. Um, a couple news. I think it made national news as well. It did. But yeah, it was like a oblong light that flew over the island super fast. Um, some people were even following in their cars while they were filming and then they saw it just fly straight into the water and disappear. And the interesting thing about that was um, one of the, the people that was interviewed by the news that was recording it. Um, she called the, the police to investigate and the, the cops were there. And um, while they were interviewing her and asking her questions about it, they saw another, a second light. It was a white light, followed that same path um, and flew directly over them and then flew over the mountain. And that I don't see mentioned in too many other you know, stories or um, news articles. But yeah, there was a second light that followed uh, that same flight and disappeared over the mountains. And the police saw it as well and... Um, yeah, they uh, made a call to the FAA thinking that a plane crashed because it flew in the water. But the FAA came out and said that there were no planes in the area, no f- missing flights or anything like that. So I, who knows? What's interesting about that story was that one I took very personally because the blue rod that was hovering a couple hundred feet off the ground was extremely similar in color and shape to what I had seen in a landing back in April of 2014 that was about 150 yards away from me. And the intriguing part about it was I talked to Luis Elizondo about this on the phone one day about that, and he had looked into it, and he said he had actually seen those blue rods are very noticeable as well. There are also notes that those same type of blue rods had been seen by many NASA astronauts on their missions through Gemini and Apollo. Interesting. Yeah, there's something about that that blue. It's very intriguing. Very intriguing. Hmm. You know, one thing about we've heard on the West Coast here about UFOs, and, and Hawaii has a lot of... Uh, active volcanoes we have seen or people have reported a lot of ufo activity around volcanoes has that been noticed and recorded as well i see i've heard a lot about that i haven't um 
personally come across any stories of you know we we had a recent eruption you know over the last 10 years uh kilauea has been erupting and i haven't heard you know i was looking for those types of stories where um you know people caught ufos over the the volcano but i i didn't come across any personally because i have heard that and i've i believe i've seen videos of eruptions in other countries and seeing crafts flying over but um nothing that i came across in hawaii but i i'll definitely keep an eye out for that yeah there's a lot of theories to that especially around the mount shasta area where they believe that these craft actually have the ability to somehow use the energy of of active volcanoes to refuel and there's actually been alleged sightings of during eruptions that ufos are actually flying into the volcano why they're you Hmm. know what's happening we don't know but it is uh very very intriguing indeed yeah it's um i like hearing those stories where you know like you, you saw that oblong light that was exactly the same color and you know several years later you know there's more sightings of that um, I came across a lot of um, stories of of um, crafts flying over the island of Kauai back in the mid-70s. And a few of the stories that I came across, um, you know, were reported by police officers or doctors. So credible people in the, in the community. And a couple of them reported seeing triangular or pyramid shaped crafts and i thought that i was pretty fascinating because back then you know in the 70s 60s 70s most of the the ufos were reported to be saucer shaped you know that typical saucer round shapes so to hear of like those pyramid shaped crafts back then and then now all of a sudden in the news they're are these reports of these pyramid shaped crafts being caught by like the Navy pilot and the videos of, you know, those multiple pyramid shaped um, UFOs and the night vision and all of that. And so I, I like finding these like similar types of stories that are separated by, you know, decades of time. Cause it's, it just adds credibility to me that especially people going against the, the norm of those saucer seeing saucer shapes. Um, it just kind of makes me believe, believe those stories a little bit more um, when we start coming across those like in, in present time. Going back to Hawaii, obviously one of the darkest days ever on the Island, December 7th, 1941 on the attack of Pearl Harbor is Pearl Harbor, a really a, a no go zone when it comes to paranormal uh and investigation i i don't i wouldn't say it's a no-go zone um i mean there are a a ton of stories um the uss arizona memorial um that's in basically um it's like a memorial for the the ship that sunk and it's right over the 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 water um and so when you're standing on that that platform area you can see the ship 
um, the sunken ship right below below that area. And you can still see like oil bubbling up, you know, seeping through the cracks and stuff. And there's been a lot of stories of that that memorial being haunted, like footsteps being heard walking down when no, no one's around, um, seeing people dressed in, you know, that old school military um, type of clothing and just vanishing you know there's there's a lot of stories that that are associated with that area and it makes sense with you know the number of lives that were lost that day and um yeah so i wouldn't say it's a a no-go in terms of like investigating i'm not sure but i know that there's a ton of of stories of sightings um that happened there right i only ask because you know there in my opinion there's certain no-go zones for places of tragedy you know Mm -hmm. pearl harbor being one uh the twin towers in new york we've heard of you know ghost investigators uh, sneaking equipment in that area trying to connect with those who passed away on september 11th you know there to me there's just certain areas where it's kind of taboo because it's still quite recent and tragic and i think when when it comes to you know i think it's different at least for me where, give you an example, 25 miles from my house, uh, we have investigated a plane crash where 52 people died. Tragic story, yes, but it's it's well over 50 years, and it wasn't an act of vi- it was an act of violence that brought it down the plane down. It wasn't an accident, but one of the things that to me is it wasn't an attack, and mm-hmm. you know a lot of you know, innocent people died on that plane crash or any other plane crash. But to me, it's just a little bit different. You know, I don't know as a paranormal investigator if I if I could, you know, rightfully jump on the bandwagon to go investigate a place like Pearl Harbor. I just don't know if I, I could. Yeah, I can see that totally. And that kind of relates, you know, with me doing this this podcast, I want to share these stories you know that we grew up hearing but a lot of people outside of the state have never heard but the main thing is i want to do it in a respectful way you know i I want to be as accurate as possible and you know that's the main um the main concern i had when i when i started doing it was keeping that respect um and that accuracy and so, you know, that's that's a line that I really am conscious about for every episode that I do is I don't want to cross that line of, uh, you know, it is entertainment, but at the same time, you know, keeping that respectful um, side of things is is always top of mind. So, yeah, I can I can totally see what, where you're coming from. Um, in In my opinion, with your podcast in particular, you make me want to go to Hawaii. And and experience some of the folklore and the stories you 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 talk about. I think you totally do do it justice, and I think you knock it out of the park with that. Personally, oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, so. thank you. Yeah, I don't want to scare people away. <laughs> you know, Hawaii is beautiful, and <clears throat> it's kind of like a a double edged sword where you know that Hawaii needs tourism, but at the same time, like 
tourism can get you know overbearing on the infrastructure and on the people so it's it's you know if you are going to visit hawaii make sure you're respectful to the people and the the you know the people that that are are working there and and living there um you know it's i I definitely want people to visit and and get ingrained in the culture for sure Mm -hmm. now one question i do have for you um is it true just hear me out is it true that elvis haunts a hotel there that was destroyed (laughs) by a hurricane so i have heard that story I have heard that Elvis haunts. I, I can't recall the, the name of the hotel, but I have heard that. Um, I mean, I believe it. He spent a lot of time there. He did, yeah. So, yeah. It's a big part of his. Area. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. What do you, Give a... what do you hope to okay. capture in, in the paranormal here? What what is your goal? Is it is it relaying the stories, Jared, that have been passed down to you, or is it more than that? Um, so it's definitely educating. You know, I want to entertain people with these stories, but at the same time, if I can teach listeners a little bit about you know the history of certain parts of Hawaii, or you know, um stuff about you know I, I did an episode on on creature you know creatures in hawaii people like to touch turtles when they're there you know for some reason they want to go out and touch turtles and that's a big no-no you know it's against the law you, you'll get fined and it's a quick way for to get locals to hate you so i like to educate my listeners on those types of of laws as well you know so when they go there they're just not completely blind to what they can and can't do. So it's a, a lot of it is educating history and, and laws, but also entertaining them, you know, with these stories. And yeah, that's, that's, that's the main thing. Very cool. Very cool. Now, Merle, you had a question? No, no, go for it. Okay. You know, one of the ideas that we always tend to look at at the paranormal is the excitement and the thrill that goes along with trying to to find out what is really going on. A lot of people, I call them weekend warriors, just go out for the spooky factor. Uh, you know, a lot of people like Merle are out there trying to actually solve what the paranormal actually is. You know, where do you kind of stand on this game? I think I I dance right on the line, like, I'd love to get answers. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm I'm skeptical. You know, I'm I'm more I guess objective. You know, I I have a I have a super open mind when it comes to everything. So I, I want to believe, but at the same time, I'm not going to be convincing myself that something that isn't real is real. So I, I'd love to I'd love to get more into it and, and find find out more, you know, get these types of answers. Um, but at the same time, I like to be spooked. I like to be scared. And I worry that if I find out a little bit more of that, it, it might take away from, from that kind of fright factor. I don't know. I don't know. 
How about you, Merle? In which regards to Weekend Warriors or historical documentary? I, I I like a good scare. I'm not going to lie. But I'm very respectful with, with with the paranormal investigating. I I wouldn't class... I, I, I don't like... I wouldn't call myself a Weekend Warrior because I'm more history. I will do so much research on a property and I call them the players, like the players that live there that that could be possibly haunting a place. And I'm not going there for a reaction from who's haunting a building. I'm going there to communicate. I want to learn about them versus knock three times and tell me you're here. I'd rather know the tea from back in the 1800s that they want to get off their chest. They can't. Right. <laughs> so um, I think that that's where I'm a little different is I'm, I'm, I'm more looking for facts and information. Than like a growl or a growl's cool. Don't get me wrong. When you get that, you're like, oh, sh-, you know. But yeah, that's where I stand, Dave. How about you? You know, the, one of the questions, and I kind of want to detour this. You know, but one of the questions that I that I have been talking to a lot of people about lately. I'm curious, actually, to get both your opinions while we're here, and and that is, you know, that'll lead us into our top five. We got a new top five here, and we'll get into it right now, shall we? Invest in real estate without the stress of being a property manager today. My name is Dutch Menenhall, CEO and co-founder at RadDiversified.com. We specialize in finding, buying, rehabbing, and managing real estate nationwide. I know your investments will make money, build a legacy, and protect America. While the stock market has been crashing and going up and down, our share price has more than doubled in less than three years. Come see what makes us rad at RadDiversified.com. Invest without stress at RadDiversified.com now. Are we on? Welcome, my little ugly duckling, to your emergency makeover. Blue eyeshadow all over. Thirsty mermaid. Or lime green lips. We call this frog core. Now, go find your princess. Download Discovery. Wish. With Wish. And now, here is the top five questions for our guest tonight. That's Merle right there. All right, question number one for both Merle and Jared is this. Is the paranormal going stale? And And the reason why I'm asking this, I've been talking to a lot of people lately that everybody seems to be getting into the UFO game and the cryptid game, but you don't hear a lot of people talking about the paranormal anymore, unless you're on the East Coast. So is the paranormal getting stale? Jared, let's start with you on question number one. I think if it is getting stale, I think more of these types of stories that you know I'm trying to trying to share need to be out there. You know, a lot of the stories we hear um, you know, on podcasts that I used to listen to getting when I first started getting into podcasts, a lot of it were, were the same stories. And I, which is why I started my podcast was I didn't hear anything about Hawaii. And so, you know, I was like, I might as well do it myself. And so I, I put this podcast out. So I think that we just need to get more variety on, on the types of stories and, 
um, yeah, the types of stories that are out Perfect. there. Perfect. Merle, your thoughts? No, I think it's getting lazy. I think they're looking for more gotcha ghosts than actual fact. Ooh, I'm in trouble for that answer, but that's just how I see it. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I think it's a great answer. All right, question number two. If you could investigate anywhere outside of the paranormal tourism hotspots, where would you want to go in North America and why? Jared, let's start with you. Outside the, the parent, <sighs> outside of the Waverly Hills, the Gettysburg, the, all the asylums and and prisons like Brushy Mountain, you know what what's what's key to you? So I visited Joshua Tree a couple of years ago, and I camped out there, and I just had a weird not a weird in a negative way, but like a a different type of vibe when I was there. And I want to find out, I would love to spend more time in Joshua Tree and find out what exactly I was feeling. Cause it was, it kind of felt paranormal, but I, I can't put my finger on it. And so I definitely would want to visit that area for a little bit longer. If that right. makes sense. How about you, Merle? Uh, the Donner party site from Oregon. That's where I'd like to investigate. There you go. All right, let's move on to question number three because we are running out of time. All right, outside of, you know, using gear, okay, to kind of confirm what what you're seeing, how strong is your intuition, Jared? Ooh. I feel like it's pretty pretty strong. I'm I'm, I'm not going to say I see ghosts and I can sense them, but I, I pick up on on the atmosphere pretty well. Um, and I go with my gut a lot. Like if I, if I start feeling anxious about certain, certain things, I I'll try to figure out what, what is making me anxious about that area. So pretty strong. All right. How about you, Merle? Yes. I use my gut when I'm on all investigations. I feel it protects me and it will also kind of lead me to places. I feel I need to pay attention to when I'm investigating. Very cool. Question number four. If you could investigate with anyone, who would it be, Jared? Duke of Merle. Duke of Merle. Come on <laughs> out here, Jared. Meet up. There Come to you. Yep. All right. How about you, Merle? Well, besides Jared, obviously. <laughs> um, Ed and Lorraine Warren or um, Hans Holzer. All right, question number five, last one of the night before we got to say goodnight. Jared, any place in the world outside of North America that you would like to investigate? Oh. Um, I would say Japan. I would want to investigate Japan. A lot of the, uh, the stories that are in Hawaii um, have some type of relationship with Japan, so... Definitely Japan. How about you, Merle? The UK. For me, Mount Everest. I'd like to talk uh, to the ghosts of Mount Everest. That's a good Everest, one, man. You know, and that is something that I would absolutely adore. Merle, another great show of Goats to the Great White North, my friend. And Jared, it's been a pleasure to have you here as our special guest tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller joins us for another spooky story. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. And then little Timmy Senor returns for the UFO report. Canada making the news in the UFO world for the second time this week. Hard to believe, but we're getting to it right after this on Spaced Out Radio. All right, we're clear. Good job, boys. Good Thank job. Thank you. Thanks, Jared. That was awesome. I 100% yeah. want to have have you come back on here down the road. It's oh, so many stories, and they're awesome. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. They very much are. Absolutely. Gentlemen, we're going to let you go, and we're going to go uh, uh, take our break. we got a show to continue. So thank you for coming on in, Jared and Merle. We will talk to you guys soon, okay? All right. Thanks for having me. Right, Merle, call you tomorrow, Merle. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. That's Merle and Jared there, and they're hanging on out. And I'm going to quickly disappear, and we'll be right back right after this. Stay tuned. Yeah, you can just stare at El Avni Volador or the gnomes.
Alright, sorry about that. I did go to brief the Canadian government. Yes. <clears throat> what a good night of radio so far. Great night. Some nice lightning bolts there, Invisible Tracker. Thank you, everyone, for coming on in tonight. Very much appreciate it. Wanted to say a big thank you to Scrub-A-Dub-Dub, Catfish, YJ, Jake, Jeff, and D. Cohen for the super chats. Very much appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who has uh, lifted us above the 100 mark on the thumbs up and the thumbs down. We appreciate that. And all our new subscribers, we hit 18,800 tonight. We really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. And here we go. Let's kick off hour number three right now, guys. Sit back, relax. Here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do like owning the night with you and you guys tuning us on in and having a lot of fun with us. So, thanks for making it a great evening of weirdness and hauntings. Want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Just do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Ejectamenta. Ejectamenta is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. I grew up in a tiny Florida town, and our neighborhood's back house is backed up to a stretch of forest. It's not a gigantic forest, but it's pretty big, and no one goes there, at least no one that I've ever seen. Instead, people have found Native American burial grounds, and almost everyone I know who lives along the forest line has some crazy story about why they don't go back there. This is mine. 
For the sake of this story, my four friends, we'll call them Chris, Bailey, Peyton, and Will, all lived in the same neighborhood as me. Bailey, Peyton, and Will, they were siblings that lived across the street from me, and Chris lived a few houses down, right along the forest line. Myself, Peyton, and Chris were all 11 years old at the time, Will was 13, and Bailey was 9. We all decided to go to Chris's house, since we got a new trampoline, and we wanted to play on it. We got bored of it after a while, but didn't want to go inside quite yet. Bailey obsessed with anything supernatural. They suggested we hop the fence in Chris's backyard and wander into the forest. So like the genius preteens we were, that's exactly what we did. We walked straight back from Chris's house for almost an hour when suddenly all the forest noises around us stopped. We all froze. Bailey and Peyton looked at me for answers. They looked to me for... They looked for me for what to do because they were both convinced I had some paranormal sensitivity about me. After all, anytime we've gone to haunted places, I've always been the one seeing or hearing weird things. But I had no idea what was happening or what to do. So I shrugged but didn't move otherwise. Then, finally, we hear Chris gasp. We look over at him to see him wide-eyed, pointing at something in front of us. When I looked where he was pointing... I saw this fuzzy-looking black mass curled up on the forest floor reasonably far from us. My first instinct was that it was a bear, but it didn't look quite right, and I couldn't make out any discernible features, and it's not moving correctly. I have tried and failed so many times in telling this story to explain what I mean by that, but I just can't. It just looked wrong. I suddenly got an overwhelming feeling of we need to run now. Something is very, very wrong and something bad is going to happen if we didn't get out of there. So I grabbed Bailey and Peyton's arms, turned them around, and pushed them back in the direction of the house. We started running, going as fast as we could. I could hear Chris and Will following behind us. I purposely slowed down enough to let the boys pass me, so I'm bringing up the rear. I'm very protective of my friends and family, and I'm known for doing crap like that. So whatever this thing was that was chasing us would get me and let them escape. While we were running... I can feel tingles up the back of my spine, voices screaming in the back of my head. If we stop, we're dead. We run until we find the fence to one of the neighbor's yards and hop it. We continue running around this neighbor's house and into the street. Where we popped out was close to my house, so this is where we all ended up running. When we could breathe again, Will asked what happened. Only Chris and I saw the black mass. Chris also seen it rise, hearing me, Bailey, and Peyton start running, which made him grab Will and start running as well but we all agreed we listened to a distinct lack of sound right before Chris and I saw this black thing, so none of us have ever gone back there again. I have no idea how we can possibly explain this any further. I have no idea what this thing is or what it could be. I know a lot of people keep saying black bear, but I'm telling you, that's not what this thing was. No, not a black bear. Whatever it was, we will never know, but we say thank you to the Swamp Dweller for taking us on another journey into the night. Yes, you can check out thousands of free stories just like this one by going to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and that way you can get your spook on as well. Make sure you hit subscribe to Swamp Dweller's channel as well. I listen literally every night before I go to bed, so make sure you check it on out as well. All right, it is time once again where we bring in little Timmy Senor as he's got the unscripted, unbalanced, unbiased UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know.
doing tonight, buddy? Doing all right, bud. How about yourself? You know what? I'm uh, getting sick of house repairs. Getting sick of them. You know, at one point I had three bathrooms that were functioning. Now I'm down to one. (laughs) Oh, no. And and you know what I hate? I got to tell you, maybe other people have this pet peeve. My house is 50 years old. So there's a lot of things wrong behind the walls. Okay. You know, like okay. like no insulation where there should be insulation. You know, that when you live in in winter time where I do, you kind of want that insulation. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You want that. I mean, I live in a condo, so I can't relate. But uh, that's a real bummer. What a great guest. And uh, you had Merle on. Got to tell you, listening to Hawaii stories, I could go all night. That was great. What yeah, a great guest. You're a guest. Hawaii guy. You are a I Hawaii am. guy. I have stories myself from there. Haunted ones or just party ones? Um. Well, I did live right next to a burial ground. Um believe it or not, in Kona. And then also I filmed an orange ball of light um, flying in between two Hueys oh, at wow. night. Bizarre. I don't know what that was, but that was um, that was before my family sighting. It was just a weird thing that flew right across our neighborhood. So I filmed it because it was loud. But it was a ball of orange light in between two Hueys. Bizarre. Incredible. No idea. Incredible. What's that? I don't know what that's like because there's Megalodon surrounding those islands, and I'm just not taking the chance. I can tell you that right now. I'm more, you know, I'm more in tune right now with just trying to get my house warm, get my bathrooms going, and get everything that I'm supposed to be doing around here. I got to put up drywall in the morning. I don't do drywall, but you know what really, I got to say this. It's easy. Tim, I got to say, you know what really upsets me? Uh Uh-oh, here we go. That popcorn ceiling. Welcome, my ugly duckling, to your emergency makeover. Blue eyeshadow all over, mermaid, or green lips, front core vibes. Now, go find your princess. Download Discovery. Shh, with a wish. Are we on? Welcome, my little ugly duckling, to your emergency makeover. Blue eyeshadow all over. Thirsty mermaid. Or lime green lips. We call this frog core. Now, go find your princess. Download Discovery. Wish. With wish. Oh. It is horrible. It is horrible. Whoever thought Mm -hmm. of that, and because my house is like 50 years old, Tim. Low ceilings. No, I got got the eight-foot ceilings. But even though my house doesn't smell like cigarette smoke anymore, you can still see around the edges the the nicotine lines. Oh, horrible. Nasty. Gross. For a non-smoker, that's horrible. Yeah, it's not cool. Do you smoke in your house? No. No. No, Never. 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 Weird. No, but I just, I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. So, 
We are so comfortable with each other. We are boring your audience, buddy, and there's so much to talk about in the news. Hey, we're going to get to it. we got a lot of time here. All right. Do we? we? Yeah. All right. Well, it's nice to coast. It's it's fun. It's great to catch up with you too, buddy. Just gently, you know, just Mm. gently into the topic. You know, I I, I want to give some credit here to freelance writer, journalist, Daniel Otis. Yeah. who has uh, recently you know, put out articles both on Vice magazine, but his stories are now hitting CTV on the Newswire, on their website, and on their uh, news channels about UFOs. And yeah. for the longest time, you guys heard me gripe and moan and complain about their zero talk of UFOs in the media. And thanks to Daniel Otis for really getting that that started right across the country. Sure, there was the, the odd article that would go out, you know, the odd fringe interest from from an editor or a journalist, but that would it would end right there. But Daniel Otis is really pushing the the limits here on trying to get this story where it needs to be, and that's in the mainstream news. So we're going to start off in Canada tonight again because. There's a little bit more heat coming on. Tell us about it, Tim. That's right. So Daniel Otis has another article in CTV News in Canada. And the Canadian government has a plan, if questioned, how to handle the topic of UFO. And so now when questions are raised, uh, they'll be prepared in Parliament. And so Transport Minister Omar Al-Gabra would lead the response to UFO-related questions in the House of Commons According to documents obtained by Daniel Otis through ctvnews.ca, acquired through an access to information request, the documents also include UFO talking points prepared for the ministers of office and the emails about the May 11th UFO briefing and the attendees by his staff. And so other internal emails show how Transport Canada staff worked through the weekend to create the Parliamentary Information Card, which will consist of three pages of talking points on the background information on how Canada's Federal Transportation Department receives UFO reports and then publishes them on an online aviation incident database. And so what they're really calling for here, and the transport minister is indeed calling for, is a streamlined approach to UFO reports without an automatic dismissive response. And so this is huge. A really great piece of information coming from Daniel. Let's hear your rebuttal. What what what's your what's your feeling here, Dave? Well, when I first started talking to my own sources in Ottawa, one of the big things that they were talking about was, well, actually two things. Number one, how do we get this topic onto the floor of the House of Commons, because it was believed at that time the governing Liberal Party of Justin Trudeau was not interested in this subject. We later found out, as we talked about last night, that members of the Liberal Party have been debriefed, including the Prime Minister himself, although they have not gone public with it. So for Daniel Otis to actually dig this up, that you know the Transportation Minister has actually talked about this and the governing liberal party has had conversations about what to do if this topic hits the house of commons i think is amazing news because 
the way the parliamentary system works, you have the governing party and then you have members of the opposition. The governing party controls all the discussion. If they don't want to talk about something, they don't have to, Tim. It's not like the United States where you can have Republicans and Democrats hold these committees and subcommittees that help create laws or budgets or anything like that. Yes, Tim. I do have a question because I notice here in this article that there's a portion that's considered, and quote, if pressed. Now, what is your feeling of what that really entails? Does that mean that if the media really presses, then this is how, to, how they should respond? Or is this if pressed on the topic within the parliament? It's if pressed within the topics of the parliament. Look, the Liberal Party has not discussed this at all. All the members that have been discussing this behind the scenes have been from the Conservative Party of Canada, the New Democratic Party, the Bloc Québécois, and the Green Party has been silent as well. Now, I do believe there are one, maybe two members of the Liberal Party that have a great interest in this topic as well. And it is a topic that is growing. The difference is, how do we do it in Canada? Because in the United States, everything is about the military. The military gets all the money. The military gets the budgets. If they need more for black ops, they get it. Every year, there's a spending increase in the United States military. Well, in Canada, defense spending is about 15th or 16th on the list. Healthcare being number one and education being number two in Canada. That's the way the budgets have always gone the last 20, 30 years. They've forgotten about defense ever since coming out of the Cold War. Do I agree with that? No. You know, do I want to see our men and women with up-to-date gear and, you know, to make it as safe as possible in case of the worst-case scenario? Absolutely. Do we still have some of the toughest fighters in the world? We're 10-0. and 10-0. and 0. So I would say yes. But before I get back to you, Tim, the idea behind it is this. The Canadian government, at least on the on the on the opposition side, they don't want to go down the threat narrative road. It's not of interest of them to do that. And I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to probably come up with ways not only to appease the safety of Canadians in Canadian airspace, but we also have to appease Big Brother to the south because we are tied to NORAD, we are tied to NATO, and we are, t- are tied to the Five Eyes. Five Eyes being Canada, the United States, the United Kingdom, New Zealand, and Australia. So between that, we do have to uh, hold up our end of the bargain as well. Where this conversation lies on that, that's anyone's guess so far. Okay. I guess so the United States have people like Tim Burchett that really platform this and make Congress kind of aware of a lot of topics. Let's just not say directly through him, but he definitely platforms it nicely for the U.S., And so I guess my question back at you on this would, do you feel like the media, particularly Canadian media and people like yourself and Daniel Otis, that platform and push this topic, are having a larger role in getting this on the forefront in Parliament? 
perhaps, and maybe even as far as your prime minister? Do you feel like media has a larger role? The media always has a larger role. It's whether or not they are willing to do anything about it. Right now, the Canadian media has has really, over the last 10, 15 years, become very Americanized. And what I mean by that is Canadian media has always been known as being some of the forefront of journalism that calls it right down the middle, no matter how painful the topic is. And lately, ten the last 10, 15 years, we've really seen a slide in the media here where they are more interested in, you know, very liberal type topics. Now, as a journalist, I don't like that. Our job is, as people of media is to call things down the middle, no matter what the topic is. We don't care about political sides. We don't care about budgets because we shouldn't be affected by them. Our job is to be the referee between the public and the voice of the public to those who are governing, those who are ruling, those who are judging, those who are creating the laws, to be the eyes and ears of the public against a police force that may take things too far. It does happen out there. That's our job. And we've skewed that. And I have a feeling why we've skewed that as journalists, and I don't like saying this, but it's all because of the public. The younger generation is not getting their news at 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock or 11 p.m. They are getting their news off of Twitter, off of Reddit, off of Facebook, and other social media platforms. So in order to cater to that younger crowd, the media outlets have really shifted their thinking into, well, if we cover more of these liberal-type stories, we will get more viewers, which means we could charge more dollars for advertising because it all comes down to money now. It's not about the stories anymore. It's about the money. Journalists used to be paid higher than salespeople. Now you can hire a journalist in Canada and probably the United States for just above minimum wage. In the meantime, you have salespeople in radio stations, television stations, and newspapers who are making $100,000 plus annually. So if you're a journalist and you want to make the money, you have to do what your station and your director says because that's the way you've gone. And that's how it's it's slid. And it's terrible. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And before we shift off this topic, I would like to just ask you if you could speak a little bit on the K-Doors or the Civilian Aviation Daily Occurrence Reporting System database that's being put together and how that is going to interact with the public potentially. Well, it's going to be interesting to see if they could get it off the ground fully. Okay, we we need in Canada a public tracking system, which is what the members of parliament in the opposition are wanting. Okay, right now it's a free for all. All right, it, the RCMP has their own files. The Defense Department has their own files. Transport Canada has their files. Nav Canada has their files. And the files are all skewed. Okay, the Canadian Armed Forces have theirs. And the files are all separate. 
in different departments. In Canada, we don't have that UAP task force, which is what I believe they are trying to build through scientific method. That will be the goal moving forward, Tim, in order to do that. And I, and I do applaud members of parliament like Larry McGuire and others who are not putting up with the threat narrative. We've never had a UFO attack in Canada. We've never had a near collision with a UFO that we know of. We know there's been close encounters. We know there's been activity with Stefan Mihalik, okay, with Shag Harbor, with uh, the, the Montreal lights, the Prince George lights. We know it's happened. Crop circles in Saskatchewan and Manitoba. We know it's happening. But there's no need. The one thing about us Canadians, okay, not to tap our, ourselves on our own back, but we don't panic. We look to what's happening and how can we learn more, potentially fix it, before all of a sudden running saying we're being threatened. And the threat narrative of UFOs will never fly here. Tim Senor and the UFO Report continue right here on Spaced Out Radio right after this. Stay tuned. Final half hour of the show is next. That was a good segment. Yeah, hot topic. Great stuff. Great stuff. Hey, I've got a fun story for you very quickly. Sure. So I've spent this week out at a location out here mm-hmm. with a portable version of my lab. And um, while I was out at the location, uh, a cop slowly slid by and was checking me out. And I was just off the road. And so I went over and um, started interacting with him, thinking I was going to get ticketed or questioned or something. He actually asked if I was out there looking for the lights in the sky. And he approached me with that question. So, of course, I got into it with him. I mean, I must have looked pretty obvious. That I, <laughs> I had a lot of nerdy stuff on me. It may have been a little obvious. But, um, yeah, he had a few stories for me and some reports and some, like, a lot of reports of vehicles conking out on a certain segment of this vehicle, of this highway. And, uh, I thought that was interesting. I mean, lots of reports of vehicles just conking out, you know, losing power, newer vehicles even. So, uh, I thought that was the big takeaway, but I'm going to definitely be putting this in. I interviewed him. Good. Of course. So I'm going to be putting that out, but, uh, yeah. Pretty interesting. No, I think that's fantastic. Great job. Oregon's creepy. Yeah. Oregon is creepy. And, you know, it doesn't always pay off, or sometimes it does pay off to look a little shady <laughs> parked next to the highway. Yeah, so there no you kidding. go. No in the kidding. middle of the night in the woods. Well, that's the way yeah. it's done sometimes. That's the way it's yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a busy section of highway, but indeed. Fun stuff. Yes, I but- did not get a ticket. Yes, Bomber, it was the last one. Just remember, guys, in the chat room, and I know this sucks, okay, but the YouTube algorithms 
not only understand what we are talking about in the show and listening to every word we say in the show, but they are also watching what happens in chat rooms and what is printed in chat rooms as well. And, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. It sucks. It's very communistic. I will say that. And, but it's a private company, and we're using their platform. That's all I can say. And this will, is life. And I will grind my teeth to that each and every time. My son and daughter are venturing into creating media content for public use through YouTube. It's adorable. They're very artistic and hilarious. But um, they keep coming to me and asking me about copyright strikes. And I'm like, well, where, what music are you using? And, you know, so I'm like trying to teach them, you know, there's rules out there, you know, yeah, never mind how your, to not get copyright strikes never mind how to your create credit. your own content. Never mind learning about credit and mortgages anymore. It's about copyright strikes, algorithms, and keywords. Get them started while they're young, right? They're just very creative, and their dad does the same sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, my eight-year-old daughter has her own YouTube channel. Excellent. And it's hilarious. Uh, bomber, much better. Much better, Bomber. Much better. This is allowed to be said each and every time. Okay? Each and every time. Just don't... It's a learning curve. Just do me a favor. Don't blame his sock collection. Okay? It's the only thing I like about the guy is his sock collection. All right? Dave is a sock guy. I can vouch for that. Yeah. That was the first gift he ever bought me were some Squatch socks. Sasquatch socks. I would never buy you Squatch socks. Did I say Squatch socks? You did. You did. <laughs> um, yeah, Bomber, that's allowed. Bigfoot. That's allowed. Socks. Just uh, block out the the other three letters of the F after the F. Yeah. Look at Moon Freedom. This chat? Never. All I'm seeing is two sexy guys. One with hair and one without. So nice. Yeah, that's just yeah, that's, that's just way too kind. Uh that's SOR nice. is not on Rumble. Not on Rumble. All right, we got like twelve seconds. Uh, do, do we want to go to a different topic? And just time? between you, me, and your audience, I hate our next story. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here we go. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate you tuning us on in. want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter, 
at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the UFO report. We got Tim Senor here filling us on in, and we're going to head down to Austin, Texas, where, Tim, there might be a little bit of faux pas happening with a UFO story. That's right. That's right. And so big news hit the streets and hit the newspapers about a week ago when lights in the skies were being reported by multiple witnesses in Austin, Texas. And so now, as we get the story as it unfolds, some of those lights may be a little suspicious. And so people, even our favorite skeptic, Mick West, came forward with some of his suspicions on whether or not these lights may have been real UFOs or some trickery. And so to the glee of the hoaxer that came forward and came out with Welcome, my ugly duckling, to your emergency makeover. Blue eyeshadow all over, mermaid, or green lamps, front core vibes. Now, go find your princess. Download Discovery with Wish. Your local Ashley store has all the top mattress brands in stock and ready for fast delivery. Head into your neighborhood store where their trained sleep specialists will design a sleep system to fit your needs and preferences. Don't wait another day. Get healthy, restful sleep tonight. Right now, get 0% interest for 60 months on select Tempur-Pedic, Beautyrest Black, and Purple mattresses. Visit your local Ashley store or tap the banner now for better sleep and savings. Only at America's number one furniture and mattress store. Ashley. See store or ashley.com for details and availability. Her newest YouTube video that I quote says, I tricked the world with a fake UFO video. To her glee, Emily White reported to Fox 7 a week ago that there were UFO sightings taking place over Austin, Texas. Now we find out that this was a composed hoax between her and multiple friends across the states to have these multiple photographs being released through multiple sources to trick the Fox 7 News and other news outlets to report on this story across the nation as a real UFO report. And so she even went on the news and claimed that these lights were real in hopes of tricking what she claims is a UFO uh, fakery. And to her glee, she actually claims that the UFO community is dumb and trickable, and she could create something that would fool us. Well, unfortunately, this is the sort of thing that really hurts this topic. And so it was a little hard to report on, but I felt it must be reported on just because there are hoaxers out there. And yes, our red flags did go up, and not all of us took this full line and sinker. But again, we have to highlight that people like Emily White here that take glee in trying to dupe a lot of honest uh, UFO uh, people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have words for this, Dave? I'm kind of stumped. What is the motivation other than hers, which were clicks through YouTube? Well, a couple things here, okay? Number one, when I went to journalism school, one of the first things that we were taught, Tim, was that every story should be a point and a counterpoint if you are going in deep on something. You just don't print reaction stories. News today has become very, aha, gotcha, okay? And aha, look at this, without verifying what we are covering. 
You can get yourself in a lot of trouble and a lot of mess if you don't verify what it is. If the, I never saw the news report, but I can almost guarantee you that the news station that ran that story did not whatsoever interview a UFO hunter, maybe somebody from MUFON, maybe somebody from NICAP, or anybody else to confirm whether or not this was a true UFO. Guaranteed they didn't do that. They didn't do their homework, and that's where it makes us in the UFO field look like fools because the media was played on this. Now, the media and the reporter are going to look like idiots. It's going to drag the topic back down into the sewers where we're trying to get it out from that area. And the idea behind this is all that reporter had to do was call up somebody from MUFON. Call up, uh, you, you just have to use Google, Tim. Google, that's it. And they could have got a reactionary piece from a UFO person saying, you know what, this, this doesn't look real to me, but they didn't do that. So instead, the UFO world gets egg on its face because a bunch of hoaxers wanted to play an aha, gotcha moment on the UFO field. And in return, the media didn't do their job. So I don't blame the UFO field. I don't even blame these people who tried to sneak this story by and successfully did it. It's the journalist's fault for not providing point-counterpoint journalism, which is necessary. Right, right. And it's so hard. You know, the media is targeted for these kind of stories. You know, this person in particular called and approached the news source uh, or the news outlet rather. And so um, I feel, you know, people that try to trick and are motivated by publicity or clicks, I find that, um, you know, there's something behind that that's not healthy, you know, and a lot of these people that have that hoaxer mentality that are out to trick for profit, I find that that's disturbing. You know, that it, I'm sure it happens in every field, but at the same rate, um, I think it's one of those things that perhaps the UFO field needs to be more aware of. You know, um, I feel like there's a lot of frustration with a lot of the videos that we do get bombarded with in, in the media and on YouTube. Um, but to the skeptical eye, 99% don't get by. But when something like this gets right out into the main media very quickly, like you said, without being vetted, um, it leaves itself open to this possible crumbling story that we've just had and happened. And, you know, in its own way, uh, I guess we can consider it artistic. This is an artistic piece. Let's just leave it at that. Um, you know, this was a, an expression of how the media needs to do its homework before it uh, bandstands a UFO video. Uh, you're exactly right, Dave. But again, I do not applaud anybody hoaxing. I, I think that is definitely deterring from a potentially real topic. And so it bears more investigation. And so to do something like this really does dissuade the skeptics from even looking at it. Not just dissuades the skeptics, but it dissuades people 
who may be looking to believe this story because they've seen their own lights. And this type of action actually puts people back in the closet of not wanting to say anything, not report that black triangle over their house, not report, you know, waking up in the middle of the night to see lights in their backyard and not hearing the noise of a helicopter or seeing flashlights. This opens up the door to a lot of people, once again, going silent. And let's face it, if they did that right across Texas, there's, what, 45, 50 million people in Texas? That's a large population who is actually viewing that newscast and a lot of people who are making fun of it. Look, we are all tired, Tim, of being made fun of about these topics. We really are. And it's a shame that proper journalism is the reason why this has happened. Pardon me, improper journalism. Improper journalism. And again, you know, it highlights how this topic definitely has three steps forward and then two steps back. It has been a big year, and there's been so many stories. Something like this definitely slips through the cracks, you know, and it's unfortunate. Because, like you said, it's brought it back um, to another place where the real experiencers are trying to get away from. And so I feel that it's important what you're saying here, expressing the facts for the people that are having these real experiences, whether it's UFO or, you know, something mundane to them, it's something real and it expresses in a real way. And so for this child, this childish behavior uh, to take place just takes away from it. You're absolutely right. And it is frustrating. Oh, very frustrating. Very frustrating. I don't like it at all. I don't like it. It upsets me. It very much upsets me. All right, let's go to topic number three here, Tim, where scientists okay. are looking for very powerful alien transmitters hiding in space images. What is this about? That's right. And so a quote here, which you're going to enjoy, is I think this is the first step in thinking about SETI on a very different scale, said Michael Garrett, the St. Bernard Level Chair of Astrophysics at the University of Manchester. Excuse me, it's getting a little hot in here. All right. So the search for intelligent life in the universe is getting to be a major boost from a breakthrough in listening initiative. And the listening initiative is the most comprehensive attempt ever to detect alien communications and technologies. Funded by billionaire Yuri Milner, the initiative is currently scanning one million stars within our galaxy, the Milky Way, for signs of alien civilizations. And now a pair of scientists have demonstrated that this huge ongoing survey might serendipitously serendipitously. I can't say it. Sarah capture signs of, thank you. Capture signs of aliens in even more remote locations, such as galaxies that appear in the background of images that are focused on stars in our Milky Way. And so these are extra galactic objects, and they're not in the main targets of Breakthrough Listen, but they could help constrain the prevalence of very powerful extraterrestrial transmitters. Your thoughts? Well, you know what? We're going to be, I'll just say it. The first thing that came to my mind when when you were talking about this story, Tim, is NASA fudging their own photographs. 
<laughs> right. All right. Right. We have history of that. We know what's going on. And I want to trust the scientists. But so many of them are tied to government or government agencies or the military because they have the ability to pay for that information. Scientists are much like free agent baseball players. They can sign with anybody for the amount that they want. And the highest bidder always wins. Always. Okay. Right. So when I see things like this, it makes me wonder as a non-tech guy, are we getting the truth here? Are we really, really figuring out that there's alien transmitters hiding in images? You know, are we searching where's Waldo for this? Can never find that damn Waldo. Right. Well, I think it's important to search. And I actually, as a young man, got to visit Jodrell Bank, um, which is one of these massive radio telescopes. And Jodrell Bank is actually from where this astrophysicist is centralized. And so that big listening device is now being used to look into some of these deep space images. And I find it interesting that they're still using the same technology as they did back in the 70s. But now they're turning it into a different form of research. So, you know, now they've always claimed that they've been looking for extraterrestrial signals, but um, they've never found one, you know. And so now they're expanding into extra universes and beyond our Milky Way. And so I find that interesting that perhaps they're giving up on our galaxy, you know. Are you ready to give up on the Milky Way? I'm not. I'm not. It's just way too beautiful when it's over top of my house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I refuse to think that there isn't life within our own galaxy. I mean, there's absolutely no reason why not, right? If it exists outside of it, why not within? So, And we are here. So uh, I think there's plenty. So, um, you know, the director of Berkeley, uh, the SETI Research Center, that is part of this process as well. And so, I mean, the search is important. I know you're not a fan of these four-letter agencies, and you believe that they're all in cahoots. And I know that's a very very Canadian way to put things, but I hate to say it that way. Um, I don't necessarily feel like the search needs to end just because we haven't deemed results, right? No, I agree. Go, please. No, I agree exactly with what you're saying. I do. Okay, my my issue is, how do we know what the truth is? Right? Meaning, meaning like if we had the signal, would we even know it? Or would they share the information if they got it? Would they share it? Oh, I think they absolutely would from the highest mountain be crying that they have evidence. I I do think so. Um, I think so. But, um, you know, I, that's only because I, I know those guys, or some of them at least, um, that like sit and search 
for so long. I mean, they're guys like you and me, honestly. Um, and it's not usually, it's more of a passion project usually. So they usually are doing much other grandiose things. And then this is something on the side. Um, and so I absolutely feel like those people would share results, be it positive or negative. And unfortunately it's been no results yet. So, well, and that's been the, the, the report. That's the key to everything. No results yeah. means no questions. And on that note, I'm going to take that as a victory on my end that we're not going to get anything. Tim, you remain positive for me. I'll be Mr. Negative, and we'll talk to you in a couple of nights' time for the next UFO report, my friend. Thanks for your time. Thank you, audience. It's been a lot of fun. All right, let's get to Shirky Poo's news. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Poo's news. All right, let's get right to it. There's a house in New York which has now been legally declared as haunted thanks to something called the Ghostbusters ruling. For years, the Ackley family in Nyack, New York, loudly announced that their home was haunted by at least one ghost, even claiming that the spooky specter had left gifts for them. Helen and George Ackley claim that their daughter woke up every morning to a mysterious shaking bed but which would only stop when she loudly declared that she wanted a lie-in with the supposedly ghost seemingly respecting her wishes. The ghost eventually and apparently gave the nod of approval to the family when they were repainting the house, with Helen claiming the specter appeared during the renovation and smiled and nodded when she asked if he liked the color they had chosen. Ackley said there were up to three ghosts in the house, claiming that the house was haunted by the spirits of people called Sir George, Lady Margaret, and by an unnamed sailor. If there was really a ghost in the house, the family eventually managed to get used to living alongside the Phantom Lodgers and peacefully cohabitated with their home for over 20 years. The ghost gained national-wide attention, and the Ackley's house even became a spot of the town's walking tour that people take to visit. However, when it came time to sell the house, Helen Ackley suddenly kept very quiet about the possible existence of ghosts in their home. Well, nonetheless, the house sold, and it is now officially haunted. Yes, we need a government agency to now say our house is haunted. Hmm... Switzerland is considering an off-putting law against anyone who puts their heat above 19 degrees Celsius in their homes. Apparently, they want to arrest you for this and potentially jail you for three years. It would only happen if Switzerland is forced to ration gas because of the Russia-Ukraine war. Yeah. Thanks, Putin. Fines could also be handed out for violators. Marcus Bornwald, spokesperson for the Federal Department of Finance, says the rate of fines on a daily basis could start at 30 Swiss francs, which is about 40 bucks Canadian or about 30 bucks American. He added that the maximum fine could be up to 3,000 
Companies who deliberately go over their gas quotas could face punishment. The potential measures also say that the temperature in gas heating buildings can be more than cannot be more than 19 degrees Celsius or 66.2 Fahrenheit, and water only heated up to 60 degrees or 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Let's hope this doesn't happen. Continuing on, strippers and bingo, anyone? You heard me right. It's kind of party a nursing home in Taiwan held for its patients, most of whom were in wheelchairs. The Taoyan Veterans Home, a state-run facility for retired Army personnel, wanted to celebrate the Harvest Festival with a bang while well, they sure got it. Footage of the party went viral, showing a stripper wearing a pink and black lingerie, high heels as well, dancing and shimmying around for the residents in wheelchairs. One elderly man is seen touching the woman's breasts as she laughs. At least one staff member appeared to be in the room, along with others filming everything. Staff at the care facility said they wanted to lift the spirits of the residents after the last two mid-autumn festival parties were canceled due to COVID. However, not everyone is pleased. No, the younger Karens out there are saying, you can't do that to Grandpa. Can't do that to my dad. What were you thinking? Call me the manager. Yep. Spokesperson said, yeah, the dancers' moves were a little bit too enthusiastic and fiery. Going forward, we will be more cautious. Cautious. Thanks, Karen. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight on Spreaker, YouTube, LGAP, Facebook, Twitch, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Space Out Radio and SOR Media, SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu Train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Discovery with Wish. Your 
local Ashley store has all the top mattress brands in stock and ready for fast delivery. Head into your neighborhood store where their trained sleep specialists will design a sleep system to fit your needs and preferences. Don't wait another day. Get healthy, restful sleep tonight. Right now, get 0% interest for 60 months on select Tempur-Pedic, Beautyrest Black, and Purple mattresses. Visit your local Ashley store or tap the banner now for better sleep and savings. Only at America's number one furniture and mattress store, Ashley. See store or ashley.com for details and availability.